0: Welcome to the official bathtub refinishing podcast powered by bathtub guys refinishing. This is where we discuss the refinishing industry, interview owners and operators and give tips to customers and entrepreneurs. Now, here's your host, Daniel Montalvo. What is up everybody? Welcome back to the official bathtub refinishing podcast. And today. We have Trinidad from Enzo Refinishing here.
1: Yeah, hey, Daniel. How's it going, man?
0: <laughs> I, uh, I'm excited to have you in here. I need to test my soundboard because I, right. I, I forgot which one does what. Oh, see, this is the one I want to give you. Here. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself and what you do.
1: Okay, hi. My name is Trinidad Magana. I'm the owner of Enzo Refinishing and Restoration Company in Houston, Texas. Um, I did research into the industry, found Daniel, and we've been speaking ever since. And now I'm here on the podcast in Florida. Came out to do a demo for him. Uh, I think he posted, you posted pictures on on, uh, social media about that?
0: Yeah, on Instagram, on the story, on Facebook. Yeah. Shouting you out, showing people what you do. Pretty good. Thank you you. So, um, you know, that's very exciting. Um, There's some good stuff coming down the pipe, man. I'm excited. Me too. I'm excited to get started on everything and, you know, build a working relationship, you know? Definitely, man. So, um, and you guys know me because I host this thing, even though we haven't done one since Jonathan was here. But I'm glad that, like, people are starting to, like, warm up to the idea of coming coming along in person. And... uh, I mean, your situation just kind of worked out because, like you said, we had been talking for a while. Yeah. And then, like, it just kind of sprung into, like, you know, I would go to you about stuff and you would do some research and you're kind of doing, you know, trying to do your own thing. Yeah. Um, And then I got a call from a hotel in Texas, the first one which didn't fall through uh, or, you know, didn't follow through and, and, you know, kind of went away. And then it's just, you know, it's crazy because, you know, I'm not – I'm a little superstitious, but not, like, crazy. But I, th- <laughs> I think, you know, sometimes things happen for a reason. And, like, you know, the excitement that you got just about the first one. And I, for where, where was that one at? Uh,
1: that one was actually in the Woodlands. It's, like, north of Houston.
0: Okay. So, yeah, that one didn't go through. I mean, you never know. They might have a company that does a bad job, and they end up calling us back. You never know. Yeah. But then we get the one in Sweetwater that calls. Mm-hmm. And I ask you, like, hey, is this something that you might be interested in doing? And, and that one, I mean from the moment I quoted the job to getting a check in my hand with the deposit was a matter of yeah. a couple of weeks. So kind yeah, of they, were, they wanted it. They really want it. They, I mean, they, they need it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I already told them, so, you know, I know we haven't gotten that into depth about it because we've been, you know, touching base on other stuff and you're here for the demo and stuff. Right. Um, but I, I, I did tell you that I want to, I wanted to talk some logistical parts of it on the podcast. Um, mm. So I did tell them already that it's yep. subbed out, kind of. Okay. I did tell them that, you know, you're coming here to do a demo to Florida and then going back and, you know, to make sure, you know, that everything's good. Mm-hmm. And on that front, I think you did a pretty good job. And that situation okay. with the ring, I mean, you already know what to mm-hmm. do to, to, to not have that situation. But so they, they know what to expect and, and stuff. and And really, they just want to make sure that, we're overseeing stuff, so that's yeah. like what we, t- what we were talking about where, you know, you're going to send pictures and get, mm-hmm. just kind of take account of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's just really important for the peace of mind of the hotel. Um, well, that's yeah. what we want to give them. We want to give them that peace of mind. That way they
1: know that they got a solid product, and, you know, it's, it's going to be right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, especially when they're calling out of state, they are already under the impression that, like, like, you know, well, whoever's in my area is just not good enough kind of a thing. Or maybe mm. there's just not enough refinishers, you know? So That's also be, a, yeah. a problem. So I, I know that they know that we're in Orlando, uh, and they called us anyway. So, um, But I'm glad that, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to do your own thing, and I know you were out of the industry for a while. Yeah, I was. Um, and, and if you don't mind sharing, like, what you were doing, uh, you know, between the gaps. So kind of give them the time frame of, like, And I know we, we, we talked about this when we did it remotely, but you know, just kind of reiterate for people who don't know. Yeah. Um, So,
1: so when I got into the industry, uh, I was really young, probably my early twenties. Um, you know, that that's a while back. So, you know, time, time frames might be off a little, but, uh, I was in my early twenties when I first started. Uh, I liked it. It it wasn't, it was something that I was interested in. You know, I, I tried to do my best every single time. So I just continued. I started out with one company and then I moved. So I went to another one and then it just, it just, it, it didn't, it never faded for me. It was always, it was pretty intense, you know, on learning. Cause I love to learn the, you know, the tricks that guy, older guys knew in the industry and stuff like that. And then, uh, I had the uh, opportunity to like get more skills than another job, so I went ahead and did that, and what I wound up doing was uh, I wound up getting involved in uh, building high-speed turbos, uh, so that was really cool. It was like oil-free, so it was like this kind of newer technology, and I wanted to get into it and see what it was, and then there was a great benefit package, so I was like, I got to do this, more opportunity, you know, to, to go, uh, you know, to climb up.
0: And when did you start that like what year
1: uh on the on which which one on the refinishing or the turbos um on the turbos and uh, that was around around 2011 12 somewhere in there okay uh, yeah so it was i mean it was exciting it was new and uh i mean i liked it it was, it was fun You know, it was a lot of things to learn, a lot of new skills to pick up. But hey, we just, it was new. So everybody was, everybody was excited about it and everybody was, it was just a vibe. It -hmm. was really cool. And then after that, well, uh, there was a a lot of downsizing, Mm -hmm. you could say. So then I went ahead and just, I left that, went on, did a couple more things. And then I turned back around. But I never stopped spraying, you know, even on the side or something like that. Or, you know, because I did other things, too, like furniture, stuff like that. So I just kept spraying mm-hmm. all types of stuff. Did an interior wall, rolled some walls, did all kinds of things. And it always, it always came up, uh, you know, back to some type of coating, some kind of uh, application like that.
0: And when did you, when did you first... Do refinishing I know you told me you were younger when you first started right oh yeah okay so about yeah. how old were you uh, let's,
1: see. let's see I think I was about uh, was it about uh, was it about
0: 22 23 so early 20s yeah okay and uh, the company that you work for are they still around uh, no no
1: no they're not around uh, I did. I did. Uh, you know, I did Google search, mm-hmm. and I didn't see anything on them. So I was like, well, I guess they're not around anymore. And it's been around. It's been around. I don't think I signed. I don't think I signed a, like a non competitor or anything like that. You because know, I mean, there's got to be a limitation to that. But I'm not sure the details on it. But when I did that, I was like, man, I don't want, you know, something to come up and then they say, oh, well, you know, oh, you can't do this or whatever, you know, competition sometimes in this industry gets fierce. Yeah. And they, you know, they just say, oh, man, this company's not worth anything. Or, Oh, and I steer clear of all that, so I don't. I just try to establish my own thing, do my own thing, do it to the best of my ability, keep it friendly, keep it professional. So that's what I do.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I mean, that's good you know, you try, you're trying to keep things professional and you're just always trying to better yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think those are, like, very, very important things. And so um, one thing I wanted to ask you is, like, so when you started, what was the hardest part for you? Like, um, as far as, like, the actual process?
1: Uh, the hardest part was probably um, probably the prep. Okay. The prep was the hardest thing because that's, that's the thing that contains, that's the most important, I mean, it's all equally important, mm-hmm. but it's very important to get a proper prep. Whenever you're, whenever you're using your materials, like knowing how to use your materials the best you possibly can is key. Because you'll save on materials, you're not, you're not gonna uh, you know, fumble around, waste time, make mistakes, uh, use you know, something easier to use when you are using something really hard. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was one of the most difficult parts of it. But other than that, the spraying was not was not that difficult. But you can tell over time that once you start once you start spraying, you'll notice that over time you can see where you've sprayed. You can actually see the pattern, and then you figure out how to smooth it out, figure it out, uh, get rid of shadows, and stuff like that so i mean it takes hand-eye coordination you know Mm -hmm. definitely some balance and some skill you know so that's pretty good
0: and yeah so i think always i think it's very interesting to see people's backgrounds and like where they started and stuff um because like our situation is pretty unique like especially in this industry Mm -hmm. second generation companies don't really exist i mean there's there's franchises and stuff i think there's two big ones and then like one medium-sized one um, like Miracle Method's the biggest, Save Step is like commercial big, and then like Surface specialists. I think. I see them a lot. Um, but as far as like purely second generation, we're like, our, our parents don't do anything in the business anymore. Like, mm. they, I think that's like strictly unique to us. So like, we grew up in it, and it's always been a part of the family business, you know? Right. So it's like, it's, it's cool for me to hear like how people got into it and stuff like that, and then what you started doing after, which is kind of like similar, but not really <laughs> this is like in a, in a different realm, um, so that's pretty interesting um, and so um, yeah, so I just feel like uh, it, you know it's good to have you here and everything and yeah. um, and kind of just tell people um. Things that you're looking forward to as far as the project and stuff like that. Uh, maybe give them, like, a little bit more insight about yourself, um, stuff like that.
1: So one of the things that I'm looking forward to is, uh, you know, getting into the commercial side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really excited about that, getting into the – because it's a different realm. It's, you can spray residentials, and they're two totally different creatures. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, residential – I love doing residential it's perfectly fine because i love giving back and i like seeing the person excited about what they have that that you know they're outdated old ugly sometimes even you know if it's a rental property it might get a little nasty you can go in and okay.
0: i just gotta i got a call so let's go ahead and answer that <phone rings> thank you for calling the bathtub guys this is daniel may I help you Hello? Tubs. We call refinished or repainted in my can home. Can you go ahead and repeat that for me? Is this bathtub, um, guys? Yes. Um, you no, know, I I just kinda have two tubs in our home that need to be repainted
1: or okay. resurfaced or whatever what you call that.
0: Okay. And uh can you um can you send some pictures to me so I can get you a quote on that?
1: Yeah, I could send it. I already took some pictures. I could
0: send them. Okay. Well, if you could send them to me, I can get you a quote like that, okay? Okay. Where do I send it to? You can send it to the same phone number that you called. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. All right. All well, right. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. So, we're just we're 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 working here you know (laughs) so uh i thought it would be cool and i told trinidad this before we started um if a call comes in from a customer it'd be cool just so you to see the type of phone etiquette and if people ask questions that are more in depth this guy was just looking for a quote um which i end up sending him the detailed breakdown of the process anyway um Mm. but uh, when they ask specifics or something like that, that's something of value, and that can kind of help steer the conversation around a little bit. Um, but go go back to what you were saying. You were saying um, that you were excited about getting into commercial.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely excited getting into commercial uh, because, like I said, there were two totally different creatures. Was a recap on it, uh, and doing the residentials. I loved seeing how we could take something that was like old, outdated. Uh, sometimes like i said it uh even nasty in some rental properties. you know because sometimes they do damage in them a lot so or they know, do a bad job yeah that too you know uh fly by nighters yep will go in there or and,
0: maintenance crews in the in the apartment complex that think that they could do it themselves with a the rust <laughs> kit You're, you you run into everything man so
1: yeah th- those kids uh they'll definitely fool you yeah don't get me wrong they come, out, they come out decent. Well, if,
0: if a professional has to use a Rust-Oleum kit, it'll last if they have the other stuff. What they don't tell you is that you still need to etch it. You still yes. need to prep the surface properly. Mm-hmm. You still need to make sure soap's come and all that stuff is clean. Mm-hmm. But the way that they market these things is that just it's roller cool. it on and it's fine. A brand new tub. That's just not how it works.
1: Yeah. Oh, quick and easy. It's mm-hmm. like nothing is quick and easy. Believe me. After time, after you've been doing something and it's a little difficult, yeah, it'll get quick and easy. But no, it's not. There's a lot of steps and a lot of process that they don't tell you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not trying to bad mouth them, but it's like, come on, you know.
0: Well, it, even even us who have done a lot of commercial work, since we're kind of talking about commercial, right? I mean, Commander Bay fucking stumped us in the beginning. I'm, I, it, it, and. I would I'll admit it. I don't know if the guys will, because you know, people, some people have pride and stuff, but it stumped us in the beginning because not only did we have to figure out how the hell we're going to do this diamond pattern that they requested. Yeah. We're the type of people that we know we're going to figure it out. So mm. we'll just say, yep, we'll do it. And then we'll go and figure it out. And it took time. I was on vacation half of it. So Alex, my brother, mm. actually like researched what to use. And mm. he called people and, and, you know, in the middle of the trip, he calls me. He's like, I, I figured it out. We got it. We're going to buy the machine. We're going to test it out. And we tested it out, and it worked. And you know what? The day that we found out the diamond pattern thing worked was the day before we did it. Like, the day before we started on a Sunday.
1: That's not unusual. It's just a lot of people don't talk about it. Yeah. You know, it's really it, not.
0: It was fucking crunch time, And then we get there. Mind you, I'd ask them if every single tub was in the same shape. Yeah. Because we had done some tubs that didn't have that gel coat on the floor. The first two that we did, the first two demos did. One of them didn't. And we're like, well, are they all kind of like the first few? And they're like, uh, well, they're more like this one. I don't think all of them have been refinished before. Well, you show up, first 15 come in because we're doing 15 a day at this place. Mm. They all have it. So now we're starting a project and it's twice as much work at that point. And so we don't know how this is going to react with the material. So obviously your instinct as the refinisher is we need to get this thing off. off yeah especially when it's gel coat you don't know if it's going to react or uh you know cause like it to not adhere i don't know if there's silicone in that thing i don't know so our instinct is to take it off it took about two months for us to realize that shit is not coming off (laughs) and we were taking it off but this this is the same coat we're talking about the one you called me right yeah yeah (laughs) i mean i called i didn't go just call you i called midwest i called the the guy from bathar and asked him if he's ever encountered something like that i called everybody yeah because i am not afraid to admit when i don't know what the fuck i'm doing right or what to do and it's not like it's not like we were ever puzzled like it was just we were kind of thrown for a loop a little bit because normally something that thick that's hard to get off is factory stamped on there and that's what we thought at first because it's such a natural looking thing but um a guy that started working with us last year named Damon. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the one that told us that this is Joko and he's seen it. And apparently it's very common, um, especially in like the Midwest and stuff, um, like where he worked, he says that he sees that all the time. Well, I here, I haven't seen that that much. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's different than the regular material. It's just like a very thick, almost like semi-transparent coat on the floor. And it's, it gets really hard um it's it's usually used for like marine coatings
1: and that's what i thought it was when you told me i was like man this has got to be some type of marine coat you know it it definitely is
0: yeah but the problem with it is it's not designed for the bathtub refinishing industry and with the type of cleaners and stuff that they use uh it's starting to yellow at this hotel and it Mm. the bottom of the floor looks disgusting and you know they're renting these rooms at a premium so i can kind of understand their concern of like not getting this thing, like, situated, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, because they definitely want to give them a good experience, you know? They, they don't want to pay all this money, and then, well, they're not going to come back if they stay this time and don't say anything. They're not going to come back. Yeah, You just won't know by them not ever showing up again. And you want them to keep coming back. You want to have a good experience, you know?
0: Yeah, and especially now with, like, the COVID consciousness and, like, everybody thinking about what, you know, safety precautions as far as health. hmm And a lot of that also is perception, you know? Like people, it doesn't matter how well you clean something, if it looks dirty, people are just gonna assume it's dirty. And that's kind of the issue at Commander Bay is like, I could see certain types of guests going into the bathroom and seeing it yellow on the floor, and just kind of being like, this is nasty, this hotel's unsanitary, start writing bad reviews. And so, Mm. like, I don't blame them for wanting to redo their tubs, but we were kind of thrown for a loop as far as removing the gel coat. Uh, what we started doing was just sanding the thing off mm-hmm. um, with, like, 60 grits. If we can get our hands on 40, we so, would try to
1: do that. So how – I'm glad you brought that up. How many – around how many rolls we are going through?
0: I mean, per tub, five to seven. It was
1: crazy. Rolls or, or – sheets. sheets. Oh, sheets? Yeah. Okay. Oh,
0: no, 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 no. Oh, it's like, sheets of sandpaper. Yeah. It's pretty crazy because I – mean, and then the dust that it would make – insane the bathroom would be flooded in dust so we started um recently just giving everything like a lighter pass well Mm -hmm. well here's the steps this is how it progressed so we started with the regular d wall variable speeds yeah 60 grit if we can get our hands on 40s we'd use 40s and then just kind of sand the hell out of the thing and then we would see the factory stamps underneath so we know hey like we're on the porcelain we don't have to sand anymore um and obviously the residue and all that stuff is gone so you you know you're you're actually on the tub floor and then we started getting these uh these bigger sanders yeah um and they had like twice the horsepower um but we stopped using them because these guys were kind of abusing them and only one of my guys ralph he he's the only one that got it really took care of his um but it just became evident after two and a half three months that like we needed to do something drastic or else we're just not going to be processing this many units and we we were processing the fifteen a day, but seven or eight o'clock was when we were finishing.
1: Yeah, that's a long time for the we, guys. Um,
0: Eleven hour days mm-hmm. for a few months it it takes tolls on people, man, and mentally, physically, and then you start you know being pessimistic about even going and it, it sucks.
1: Yeah, it can cause burnout, and you know you just get you get down in the dumps about it. Yeah, because you know, it it seems like there's no end.
0: Yeah, well it's especially during the week. I mean, you're there at eight, eight in the morning working all day, you get out at eight, you get home, guess what? Time to go to bed to get up the next day. And it's very mundane, and it was it sucked. So recently we were just like, hey, it has like a Safe Step did these. (laughs) I'll name them because I don't really, like, I don't care. (laughs) They did it seven years ago. It lasted pretty long for what it was. Hey, seven years, I mean. Yeah, they saved the hotel a fortune. And it was hard
1: to get off. It was hard to get off. It was on It it shows you that they did something good.
0: But. At that time, I believe Safe Step did their non-skid differently. Mm -hmm. And that was before their diamond pattern and all that stuff. And this was like, again, like the gel coat. And then they would feather the sides, which I'm not a fan of that. And it's because it leaves the seams of the material exposed. Mm -hmm. And no matter how much, how well you blend it, when it starts to discolor over time, it just looks like the bottom of half of the tub is stained and dirty. It looks bad. Um, But for what it was... It too bad, lasted. Too, bad you didn't have a, too bad you don't have a picture of that. I might have one somewhere, but I don't think I have one on this computer, unfortunately. Oh. I would have to like upload it and pull it up. And It'd stuff. be good to get a visual on that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe in post I could like put one up on the screen like when I'm editing it. Um, yeah. I'll try to do something like that. Oh, maybe later. You know. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And just in case like, somebody else runs across this and says, hey, this is that stuff that you know, Daniel Trinidad was talking about on the show. Now I know what to do.
0: Actually, you know what? That's a good idea. Let me go ahead and see if I can find on uh, if I could find on my phone somewhere what this gel coat stuff kind of looks like. Yeah. And then what I'll try to do is see if I could just send it to my email, mm-hmm. and then just pull it up real quick, um, because okay. it, it is something like you said. You know, we're kind of just going off the cuff. Yeah. But it it is something that might be valuable to some people, so that they know what to look for, like you said. Um, you know what? To, what to look for when they're doing this kind of a thing.
1: Yeah, they can identify that. They can identify it and have an idea of a solution. You know, even if they don't want to use it, it's fine. You know, we can just put it out there like that.
0: Yeah, let me see if I. I think I have a picture in here somewhere of that. I mean, I definitely have it in here somewhere. I'm. Oh, okay, I found it. Okay. So it just, I mean, this one's not too bad. This one's not yellowing a lot. Yeah. But it is just ugly. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to send it to our email. And then I'm going to go ahead and pull that up. Yeah, I think it'd be good to, to for people to see it. But, yeah, so Cabana Bay kind of threw us for a loop with that. And and so we weren't expecting that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we're kind of of the people where, again, like, we're not going to let it stop us from doing what we're there to do. So... Oh,
1: you just regroup, figure it out, and then proceed.
0: And take the sacrifice of, like, hey, well, we're going to have to bust our ass a little bit more than we thought to get this thing done. So that's kind of what happened. And then, um, you know, burnout did start. I had people leave. People who have been with us for years left. But that's the kind of, I, I, I think of projects like this as a test. You know? It's a test for us and to see who's really with us and who's willing to put in the work. And, and one of the guys that really blew me away was Ralph. And I, I talk about it with you on mm-hmm. the regular. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ralph, Ralph put in the work. Uh, he and Just before we get to the picture, that's the picture of the tub there. Okay. But, um, Ralph started spraying last year and we let him make all the mistakes. Part of learning, and this is for everybody out there who's listening, part of learning this Bath to refinishing craft, it's a craft, you need to learn it. It is. But part of learning is making mistakes. And it's very hard for customers to accept that like, yeah, people need to learn. Obviously, why would they accept that? They're paying for a service and mm-hmm. it needs to be done. And that's why a lot of companies, in my opinion, offer a two-day service so that they can do the job and then fix any little thing, because it's easier to fix small mistakes, even when you're new. If there's a run, you can fix it the next day, no problem. Yeah,
1: when you give them a two-day uh, turnaround,
0: uh-huh, it,
1: it does give you leeway. It doesn't have the, as much pressure on, on the technician to get it right the first time, because sometimes you know, when things happen, yeah, you're, you may have to wait for the next day, and that's why you just got to do the best that you possibly can, and over time. You're not going to be perfect. You know, you're not even really going to be any good the first couple times. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just true. It's fact. That's true. You know, and you're going to just hone your skills over time, over time. So that's not going to, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that has to be, you have to invest time in it. Mm -hmm. Number one, you have to like it. You have to be interested in it. You have to actually want to do it. You can't just you know, hey, I got one through ten, follow it, and it's gonna be perfect. Well, it won't be.
0: When we ran this thing out of our house, Ralph came and practiced before we put him out in the field to spray, and then we got the office and kind of situated everything. And uh, as we grew, he just got more and more interested and wanted to do it more and more. And he would come into the shop on his weekends after working a full five days, because here at bathtub guys we don't do two day unless it's Absolutely needed. We try to train the guys to do it right the first time, you know? Yeah. And then I have to go back. And as a business, it's, there's a lot of benefits to that. Um, That's what makes sense. Exactly. Um, but there are some companies like Miracle Method that they're a two-day minimum. And I get it. It's like a day and then a half day. And then if yeah. there's anything wrong, anything needs to be buffed. I'm sure that it cuts down on callbacks because they have that little chance to fix Things, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even if they need to give it a partial reco, if it's already masked, it's just about giving it a light, a light sanding mm-hmm. and you're done.
1: Yeah. If I don't know their process, but it, if they're doing the two, day, the two day turnaround and they're sending their technicians out there and they leave the paper up, and then yeah, there would be no problem with going back and fixing things. And then it should look, it should look great. It should,
0: I mean, it should be perfect after the
1: second time. It should look spectacular. Uh,
0: but we, we try to do everything right the first time. And, and sometimes it doesn't happen, and sometimes we have to go back, and that's just the cost of doing business. But Ralph would work his five days, um, and then, you know, I would have to schedule his callbacks because there were some. When mm-hmm. you're learning, there's callbacks. Mm-hmm. People pretend like they're, they're, they're perfect all the time. It's just <laughs> not true. Um, and part of the reason why we have really good reviews is because we're willing to go back and fix stuff. Um, even stuff that we know is out of warranty. Mm -hmm. I always give the customer the benefit of the doubt because I just believe it's good business. If somebody just paid to have their tub done and you know, they don't paint tubs every day. This is what people forget. And it's something that gets me upset when people don't just honor the fucking thing, at least do it once and tell them, this is what we do. Mm -hmm. Hey, I know something happened here. It wasn't us, but we're going to fix it anyway. These people don't pay tubs every day. And they might've just gone off an eight hour shift and been like, oh, it looks so beautiful and touched it. And what are you gonna do? You're gonna charge them 150 bucks for 200 bucks or 300 bucks and be a dick about it? Mm -hmm. You're kind of being a dick about it. Realistically, yeah, you tell them and trust me and believe me that once you go and fix it, that one time you tell them, hey, you know something that somebody did here. They're gonna just be so grateful that you went back and fixed it that they may never call you back. And I was talking to you about this our callbacks, when we go back and fix it as a courtesy, mm-hmm. like 98% of them never call back again. They just, you know, sometimes when people are just getting stuff done, yeah. they screw it up a little bit. That's, you price your things accordingly. That's what I think.
1: Yeah. Well, you, get, you demonstrated customer, good customer service, you know, and right. Things do happen. Things yeah. do happen. But that's why you, you talk to your customer and you let them know. Hey, these are the things that need to be done. This is the time it needs to be left alone. Mm-hmm. And then after that it's more than it's more than ready to be used. You know, jump in the shower, do that uh, except for the hair dye.
0: Yeah, well, even if even if they read everything and see everything again, somebody might not be really be paying attention. They're like just so enamored by how good it looks. And I know it's not our fault as refinishers. Yeah. But I, at the same time, you have to have some level of care about their situation and, you know. You do. Yeah, and, and, and that's all about customer service. Because if we didn't do that, if we didn't mm. honor the warranties the way we do, our Google rating wouldn't be as high as it is. People wouldn't be writing me reviews. And also, you could use that as leverage for reviews. Tell people, like, this wasn't us. We'll fix this as a courtesy if you guys write positive feedback because we're coming back and fixing it for free, essentially. And
1: yeah. people will do you, that. You, yeah, when you, well, when you do that, they they think oh wow you know because i i know that they're worried about it they're like oh my god i just paid you know 400 plus yeah for this job am i going to be charged another full 400 plus
0: yeah they don't know and they're scared yeah. and that's why that's why a lot of them just don't tell the truth about it a lot of them are just scared that they're going to get charged oh no and they're nervous they're nervous when they're calling and they're
1: nervous and then when they get nervous what happens some of them get they rage, they rage out on you yeah they reach out and, oh, my God, you should have done this. Well, I, I've
0: literally had customers where I'm like, hey, we, that wasn't us. And right at that moment, they just start going, oh, F you and all this bullshit. And they'll start going off on me. And then I'm like, hey, calm down. They're like, yeah, hey, don't tell me to call. And I'm just like, we're going to fix it for free. And they're like, oh, really? And I'm just like, yes. I'm just letting you know that if this happens again this way, we're not going to fix it because it wasn't us. But I will fix it as a courtesy this time.
1: So when you go back and fix something for, uh, for the courtesy, mm-hmm. uh, what do you do? You just reinstate the warranty fully?
0: Um, we do it from the date that, that it was started. So if, you know, if we're fixing something as a courtesy a month after, the warranty is still valid from, the, from when it was originally done. I don't, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't yeah. start the warranty from when we went and repaired it this is a courtesy repair and obviously we try to do it as cost effective as possible for us because we are going back for free essentially. So if it's a spot repair and everything else around it's holding up, we're repairing the spot. We're yeah. not going to give it a full refinish when it doesn't need it.
1: Yeah. And I was asking that question for like uh, refinishers and customers, you know, dental mm-hmm. customers, they, they, they might run across this podcast and they're like, Oh my God, is this going to be a one thing, one time thing? And something goes wrong and I got to pay another full price. No, 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 no.
0: We fix it here at bathtub guys. I feel like that's just a good way of doing business. I, I feel like, again, I know people don't even know that this exists. A I, lot of people don't. Exactly. And, and so people don't know how to treat stuff like, and it's different because when you paint a wall, you give some touch up paint. So they touch it, they just touch it up with a brush and it looks great and it blends right in. When you're doing a tub. People just don't really know. And then another thing is, yeah, we tell people to wait 24 hours f- to use it, mm. but sometimes it feels dry to the touch. And you put too much pressure and it'll, it'll, it's still wet underneath because it dries in layers, but they don't know that.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: they might screw it up.
1: And especially in a humid place like Florida. Yeah. I dealt with that yesterday in that demo. I was like, oh my God, this Bondo's taking a minute to, to, to dry. It's dry. It's yeah. just, just so humid.
0: So, real quick, now that I have the image up here, this was a tub at Commander Bay before it was done. This one I think had a partial like refinish on the floor, like it still looks pretty white, but some of them have you know yellowing and stuff going on. But I kind of just wanted to highlight this texture on the floor, and I don't know if you could really see I that. See it? Yeah, I know you can see it. I'm trying to see if I can zoom it in for the. Okay, yeah, it's on the on the screen. So it's, it's kind of like an orange peel resemblance, and it has a bunch of little like divots and stuff, and that's the non-skid that they have there. Um, and it's gel coated on. Um, but Miracle Method or uh, Safe Step Now, they, uh, they do the diamond pattern thing. And
1: How thick would you say that stuff was?
0: Oh, it's thick. I mean,
1: like eighth inch, quarter inch?
0: A little bit thinner than that. I mean, it's millimeters, but still there. It's, oh, okay. it's relatively thick.
1: Just, just to give an idea for the people that are watching that, uh, you know, how, they, if they were doing this job and they're a refinisher, exactly how much. Would they apply? Because you said you were using 60 grit. You guys were having to grind on it. Oh, yeah, no. So that's, like, pressure applied, you know. And that's what they need to understand. Some people that don't understand this industry... There's a lot of work when you run across stuff like this. Like that's the entire length of the tub, right?
0: Yeah. This easily would take about an hour just to sand. And and then
1: an hour of sanding is not just like an hour of paperwork. No,
0: no. (laughs) that's going (laughs) back and forth and back and forth and back and forth over the same area. And then the sander starts to heat up and it gets really hot. And then you have to turn them off. The motors, the motors start burning out on you. It's crazy. I mean, this is not something
1: that's not the norm.
0: Yeah, and I also don't ever recommend you do this. I, I recommend that if you see a gel coat on there, test the area with some acid. If the etch is not going to eat through it, you tell the people, I'm not taking this off unless you pay me an extra two or 300 bucks. Because this is, I mean, one tub would easily take about five to six hours. And one tub is usually a two or three hour job. Mm-hmm. But it takes five to six hours to do from start to finish just one. We work differently in hotels because we kind of work a, a system where we have people go in sand and then they divide the rest of the prep work. And then it ends up working out to about yeah. nine to 10 hours of work when we're doing something like this. What, but now what we're doing is we're using a 60 to get the paint off around the corner. So, uh, see if I can get my cursor over there. Uh, so I can just kind of point out what, we're, what I'm talking about. It's kind of laggy over here. Just give me a second. Beer with me. All right. <laughs> Ah, I can't really get it right now. It's sometimes this happens with this, uh, cause I have everything wireless, mm-hmm. and it has like a little delay, and then I can't find the cursor on the on the other side of the screen. But I think it froze honestly. So, but this ring around here where the wall is, yeah, right. Uh-huh. There's uh, about maybe a foot of material of paint that they actually refinish all around. It's like a little ring around the tub. And so what we tell the guys to do is get a 60 and just sand it all off. Because it's, it's coming off. Again, since the seams of the paint are exposed, um, it's kind of brittle on there. You know, It'll just flake off. Um, so that's what we tell the guys to do for that. Um, and then we're going over it very lightly with a 220 just to put a little bit of extra abrasion on there. Mm-hmm. And then we're just refinishing it. Uh, the glaze that we put <coughs> is pretty thick, so it, it fills in a lot of the little crevices and stuff. But realistically, because we're putting the diamond pattern over it, the diamond pattern just is the first thing your eyes go to and you don't even notice the little texture underneath, unless you're looking for it. But most people would think, realistically, that that's a factory stamp. So, we were just kind of overkilling it before, mm-hmm. and now we're just doing you know, the best we can under the circumstances. You know? and, and sometimes... <coughs> uh, yeah, you're fine. And sometimes that's just part of it.
1: I a little dry throat there. No, yeah,
0: you're fine. Sometimes that's just, you know, that's part of it is, is figuring out what you're going to do when the problem arises. But right. this is something that if we weren't at Cabana Bay for two and a half months, we wouldn't have figured out. So that's why I always tell people, just say fucking yes and figure it out. And then once you're in the project, if you can't do it, then you can't do it. But we, we take on a lot of projects and we're successful because we take a lot of risk doing stuff that, it's not that we don't know, but it's because you can't really fully learn it until you're in there doing it on a day to day. You know what I mean? You're always learning in this industry.
1: Oh, always. (coughs) No one, excuse me.
0: You're fine.
1: No one in this industry is gonna know everything. There's just people that have ran across different things and found, uh, different techniques to use, different uh, different materials, different tools, uh, things like that, to use to make it a lot easier, you know. And they they should like talk like we do, pass on the information that you're doing. It's not like you're giving secret sauce away, you know. There's very little of that. That's all. That's maybe one uh, one tenth of a percent, probably.
0: Yeah, it's. The amount of actual secret stuff that's proprietary is so small. Everything is out there for the taking, and people who gatekeep is just—I I hate that. I think it's very annoying. I—I I talk about pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I'm very hesitant to share is the jacuzzi situation. Mm-hmm. And I've talked—I've talked about why it's not really my process, and I didn't come up with it, and it's such a super niche that I don't—I don't think I should share it but everything about refinishing as a whole the process even b- general business advice i think is just free for the taking i think you know i think it's good of me to share that with other people it legitimizes the industry
1: yes it does because a lot of people they won't they won't say it out of fear they won't say what they know or what idea they come up with you know there's a lot of ideas out there people are just going to come up with something and try to make it work. That's fine, that's what we do. But when they don't talk to each other and they keep it a secret, like I've called, I've called many uh, places that sell refinishing products, mm-hmm. and I start asking questions. And I kind of get like this, uh, well, I- I've gotten this phrase a lot. Well, if you've ever shot bad before. Oh, well, if you've ever resurfaced before. Oh, if you ever reglazed, refinished before. It's all the same. Well, we know that's not, that's not true. That's not true. Some have different ratios. Some are, you know, like the product we used yesterday, one to one. It was cool. I liked it. It was. N- I didn't have any issues with that product. Uh, other ones use four to one. You know, two to one. It's, it's something that's. You can't just blanket, coat it. You know, you can't just say, hey, it's all the same, because it's not.
0: But it's pretty similar.
1: I mean the. Some of the processes are similar, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not all the same the way they're making it sound. Like Basically, they're just saying, hey, just buy my stuff and just use it, you know, whatever. And they're hoping that you're going to just spray it and it's going to look fine. But what they're not telling you is, hey, you need to use it this way or this time. But they're thinking, oh, well, it's not my problem. That guy can just figure it out. Yeah. Think, think of how, think of over time how long that will keep this industry back down and, you know, not progressing, not...
0: Well, one of, one of the problems that I have with the manufacturers of material in general is the lack of, of proper education on their products, how to properly use them, how to properly mix them, ratios, stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, different ways to mix it for desired outcomes. You know, that's different too. Um, because I have heard people say you could put more catalyst in top coat and it'll come out shiny or whatever. And it's like kind of good to know those things. Um, but as far as the process as a whole, it is pretty much the same for, for a good finished product, right? You want to make sure you have a nice etch on there, clean everything up, uh, you know, do general repairs, primer, top coat. Yeah. And however you get there. Well, see, you use
1: Process is is pretty much the same, yes, but technique and everyone has their own style, their own weight, however how much product they use, how much air they 're using, what stage they 're using, you know as far as the machine everything it's going to come out all different, you know some people like to spray thinner, thicker you know there's there's slight differences, but that's when you've that's when you 've been spraying for a while and you know these things, so when maybe there maybe those uh Places that are selling these products are just talking to the average Joe. Yeah. But there's, there's, there's guys that have been well, doing this for a long like time. like
0: we were talking about, a lot of these refinishers are fly-by-nighters by, fly like, or general handymen who just do other stuff and just kind of offer it, and they, they don't have the most highest skill set, and they just want something that they can grab and go and just shoot. And uh, unfortunately they kind of outnumber the ones that are doing a kick-ass job and are actually taking this as a serious business. Mm -hmm. Um, And our job as refinishers is to try to set quality standards to the best of our ability. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, we do. We try try to set that. We try to elevate that standard, you Mm -hmm. know, because there's the standard, which is just doing the bare minimum. Yep. And then there's the ones that go above and beyond, like yourself, your company, you know, and me, I try to do that mm-hmm. every single time. I mean, it might sound like overkill, but no, it's not. It's my work. It's my product. It's my finished end result. And I want them to be absolutely happy with it. 100% satisfied. That's what I want. Aim for every single time.
0: And, and that's what I want you to, because real, realistically, like the project in Texas, mm-hmm. we could do it. But I want you to get that experience, and I want you to learn. Um, and I also want you to know, like, you know, because our goal is to do four a day over there. Mm-hmm. But, hey, man, if you need to do four, and then, you know, the next day do two one day because you got to go and touch some stuff up, the fact that you're willing to go back and fix it is what I need. You know, I need the hotel to be satisfied, especially if I'm not going to be there the whole time. I might be able to go for a little bit for the first couple, you know, days or something. But I might not be able to be there the entire time.
1: I don't, I don't think you... Because you got other things going on. I so got other you, things going yeah, on. Yeah, so. the possibility of you being there all yeah, the time it, is, is... Exactly. Is no...
0: But I need, I need somebody who's willing. And, all, you know, acknowledging when you don't do something right is half the equation, too. Um, the demo wasn't completely perfect. It was It was no. really good. But we, we, you know, we discussed it already. And you know what yeah. to do. Oh,
1: <laughs> There's so, a... Uh, you know, doing it in the environment that we did, and uh yeah, that's hey, there's part a of lot it. of insects over here. So yeah, I, I didn't I didn't know that before I came. Uh, it's my first time in Florida.
0: Yeah, and so, when you're outside too, which is another thing.
1: Yeah, so it was it was a little the, the environment. It was definitely different. Yeah, you know, because there was less control in mm-hmm. that environment. So I was like, oh, okay
0: yeah. and 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 then the the uh the little area that was a little rough, and but that's stuff that I just know that. You see that tub like that, and you're going to go back and just touch it up, fix the area. And the hotel's going to be happy. It was taken care of. Yeah. And that's what I need. You know what well, I mean? Well, that's
1: why I, I chose that one, because you gave me the choice. Yeah, you, and Al- you, was- you and Alex were like, hey, a- any one of these three you want to do. And yeah. I was like, let's get the worst one. Yeah. Let's get the worst one, and that, that way you can see. Because I knew that would show you guys, hey, this was the worst one, because that thing was beat to hell. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, so I'm like, let's do this one. Yeah. You
0: know, so and it came out good. I I, I, I think it. it looks good. I just think you know, like that little portion there. But we, we already discussed that, and you already know what to do to, to mitigate that and to not have it happen. And you're never gonna be fucking perfect in Commander Bay. Like well, we were having tubs with all sorts of issues when we first started, first week there. All the tubs were getting um, like solvent trap, where like the the uh, gases are escaping after the uh, like underneath. And making little air bubbles.
1: Mm. And was it going, going too fast?
0: I don't think that's what it is. I honestly think that it has to do with the... Uh,
1: that gel coat on the bottom?
0: No, 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 no. With that specifically, it had to do with the dry time of the reducer we were using. Our reducer was too slow. We bumped it up to a medium reducer and mm. it almost completely went away. Sometimes you get a little bit... It's inevitable when you're doing so many. Mm. But...
1: And like I said... Down here, you guys deal with a humidity. Yeah. Humidity thing, hot temperatures. The material is going to act, you know, different different ways. Like when I go out there, Mm -hmm. um, that's in the north part of Texas. Well, if you're from the south part of Texas, you're going to call it anything as the north, right? But in that part of Texas, it gets cold, man. Yeah. Like it gets really cold at night, especially in the wintertime, and it might heat up during the day. And you just never know. It's Texas, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean... And, and and yeah, so again, like you know, for me as somebody who's who's trusting you for, with this project and stuff, I just need to know, you know, that you're gonna go and, and fix it and and kind of be an extension of us, you know, we we how we do our customer service, how we do our processes and stuff mm-hmm. and, and you already told me you're going to be thorough you're going to send pictures and all that so that gives me peace of mind with that.
1: Well, yeah, because I mean, I'm dealing not necessarily on projects like this, but dealing in other on other projects, you know. Mm-hmm. I I've been QC, I've been QA, I've been all these other things, you know. There's numerous things, but I'm not I'm not really trying to get all into that cuz I could have a list of things that I've done, right? Cuz I'm a little bit older than most guys in the, mm-hmm. in the industry. So I mean, hey, there's another there's another couple of older guys that I know, but I mean, I've done other things, so on other projects, and I just, I just pull from all those other things that I've done and implement in, in here what needs to be done. So that's what I do. But the whole reason for coming down here was to show you the demo and to tell you the, because yeah, we can talk on the phone, but it's not like this, we're doing this face to face. And also, like I told you yesterday, I'm doing this for you know, my future team, because I want to build a team, and the way I want to build it is it's totally unique to me. And I want, this industry to be something that guys can be proud of again to actually be craftsmen and everything that it entails you know to be proud of what they are so when their son or their daughters wives friends uncles cousins family when they look at them they can say hey this guy did this you know he's he's part of this you know that way you don't feel like you're just some cheap labor guy
0: yeah and i get that sentiment I'm, I'm just going to tell you something that's kind of it, funny, but it's, like, it, it's all about perception with, with stuff like that, too. I know we were talking the other day about how uh, you, know, you don't want people to be, like, embarrassed or something when they say that they're a bathtub refinisher, and I get the sentiment, but people, like, people get like that even about plumbers. Plumbers make boatloads of fucking money. They also got to know
1: uh, go ahead. high math, too. You know, yeah. They, they got to know trigonometry to be a master. But, uh, I don't know about Florida, but I know.
0: There's, there's a lot of stigma with people who do labor work in general. Yeah, there is. Because people just assume that they're the fly-by-night types, mm-hmm. the types that hang out at Home Depot, the types that like are <laughs> out there asking for work in the front. Uh, they, they just assume that they're just uh, you know not taking it serious. They pick up the odd job here and there. And uh, they feel that way up until they need something.
1: <laughs> well... <laughs> Yeah. Well, there's that thing, and there's also that thing about the access that we were talking about. You know? Yeah. Like those guys, the particular guys that we're talking about, you know, the ones that, the ones that were mentioned hanging out in, in front of uh, Home Depots, or we'll just call them big box stores, whichever one they want. Yeah. Uh, those guys, hey, wherever they're from, they probably are a sk- skilled person in that particular field that they're doing. Yeah, they might be really good. just don't have the accreditations they need here. So, I mean, they're getting good quality work, but it's it's the whole thing about not being legit mm-hmm. in the area where you're at, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, And
0: some of that might just be lack of education on it, or maybe they're just, you know, some people are really good at doing the work, and they just aren't good at getting the work, you know? Yeah. I, I I've had... Guys like that. I mean, one of the guys that's working for us, he has his own company. He's had it for, for a while and he's working with us because we can give him steady work and he can't get that on his own. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's benefits to that. I mean, if you really are a jack of all trades and you know how to do everything with this business, like you can stand to make some really good money, even as an yeah. employee, technically, or 1099 and contractor,
1: you can make a lot of money in this industry. And you can it's just depending on which company you're going to get with, uh, how you're going to be taught, basically, your training, and if they're going to do it right. Or if they're just going to be like, hey, it's, it's fine, just go and shoot it. If it looks white, shiny, and clean, don't worry about it. Just hurry up and get out of there. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's one thing that I'm really against. You know, you say the thing about the perception, you know, and plumbers and stuff like that. I did work in plumbing for a while. Uh, I hated it. Uh, Hey, shout out to all the plumbers that do it on a daily basis. Hey, man, that's some hard work. Like, I actually, like, no, I remember sitting on a roof with a guy. We were doing some, you know, plumbing work up on the roof of this old apartment complex. And, oh, man. The guy sat down and he told me, uh, hey, uh, how do you like it? And I'm like, ah, it's okay. And then uh, he says, uh, so what do you got? What do you mean? It's just, oh, man, well, y'all got hep C. You know, and I'm like, what? Well, what, are, what are you talking about? Oh, man, yeah, man, it's just part of the deal. I'm like, oh, man, I got to get out of there. It might have been the company, but I was like, ah, yeah, I, I don't want to do this for very long, you know. But that's why I say you got to be safe. Got to use protection equipment, you know. Yeah. Especially in this industry, too.
0: Well, yeah, because this industry has a lot of, uh, like, particulates and, like, stuff that can get into your respiratory system. Be it just the fumes from the alcohol or acid or the actual material itself. And it's damaging. That yeah. stuff could be really damaging.
1: Yeah, it is. And that's what scared me about that guy. I'm like, no, man, I'm clean. No, like, this, this guy's talking about having diseases and stuff like that? No. The, but the it's guy like that, what you're working with. And it's like, no, I'm clean, man. I'm going to stay
0: clean. I don't have nothing. The guy that I was telling you about that worked with us, man, that man would just... He would spray without a mask. And that's we, ridiculous. We, we bought him a $300 spray mask because... Got one for one, so what, one of my other guys. And he's mm-hmm. like, I want one of those. And then I got him one.
1: He just thought it looked cool.
0: Yeah, he didn't use it at all. Brand uh, new. Uh,
1: why would you not want to look cool it's with a $300 a, mask on?
0: Stupid, on. man. And then he would just like, be like Oh, I think it's taking a my health. It's like, no shit, man. You don't use a fucking mask. Like, yep.
1: You got to use masks, you got to use gloves, you got to use spray suits, you got to... I mean, come on, it looks cool, you look like this guy, you know? Moonsuit, man.
0: It's not just about it looking cool, though, but, it, you know. Yeah. Well,
1: no, actually, it, it is about it is about the health. They don't take it seriously. PPE, proper equipment, you know, I mean, I'm from Houston. Mm-hmm. It, highly industrial area. There's all kinds of things over there. I mean, there's a place called the Houston Area Safety Council where you got to go to get, you know, fit tested and stuff like that. Uh, you can fit test yourself. There's, that the fit test is something different. But I've sprayed in the commercial, I mean, uh, industrial. So, yeah, you have to go over there. You have to get clean shaven. You have to do it. You have to, you know, blow into this tube. And you have, to, you have to elevate this little ball. And it has to stay in between here for, like, so many seconds or whatever it is. But, no, man, there's, there's like, real stuff. And I will say this. I'm not really trying to, like, down people. But they don't know about that part.
0: It's not their they don't, fault. They,
1: they, don't, they don't know about that part, but they haven't... I mean, no, they never even received OSHA training from any other companies or anything like that. They don't have cards. they never certified. They don't have these things. Stuff that I've done. Yes. I don't want to talk about that, right? It's like, let me just tell you to come on in here. Be safe. Do your doing, do Do your craft. Treat yourself well. Respect yourself. Use gloves. Don't wipe off with lacquer thinner. I've had to do it because... When I started out with half face, uh, coming out looking like you got white eyebrows and white eyelashes, you know.
0: I have a guy that likes to use the half mask because he just can't see really well out of the 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 front little lens. Yeah. But again, he just stretches his face and alcohol. It's not good for you. But He just, he, he moisturizes and stuff right after. Yeah. He's very... But it's not safe.
1: But still, it's going to soak into your skin and it's going to accumulate over time. It's going to go to your liver. Uh, Like One of the things, just talking about like uh, protection equipment, Mm -hmm. depending on how you're spraying, if you're spraying in a confined environment and stuff like that, even though if you have the air washes and things like that going on, you should still wear hearing protection. Mm -hmm. Because there is certain chemicals that can make you go deaf. A lot of people don't talk about that, but it's true. You know, and those are things that what I'm saying is, like, they just think it's all about just getting a couple masks, buy a machine, buy some product, and go spray. Yeah, it can look good, but how long are you going to be able to do that? And you want to be able to get into this industry and do it for longevity. And then if you're spraying in a commercial environment, you don't want to have the fumes all seeping out into the hallways.
0: With longevity, especially if you're putting time and effort into learning the skill. Exactly. Like... You know, before you actually are able to make some serious fucking money or do your own thing, yeah. you're risking your health. Yeah, you are. So, especially um,
1: especially by cutting corners, a lot of guys they wanna they don't get the right uh, filters, the, the, the filters, the cartridges. They don't look at it. And another thing, I wish this is just a suggestion. I wish more refinishing uh, places that sold refinishing equipment would put on there what. Is there, for their product, the suggested the suggested filter. filter and cartridge that they should use, you know? Yeah. I wish that they would put that on there. I know that legally they're not required think, to do that, I, but I, I th- wish they would.
0: I think in the MSDS sheets, they suggest, like, well, they have, like, the code of what level of dangers to your upper respiratory infection, and then you're supposed to take that number and apply it yourself. But, yes, mm. it would be easier if they just told you which ones to get.
1: Well, see, there's some guys that don't even know anything about uh, MSD. Well, they've never or, had to pull them at all, no, yeah. Well, they've never even been told. They've never heard of stuff like that. They just see a guy and says, hey, man, this is easy. You're going to spend a couple thousand dollars and go over there, and get this equipment, and you'll make tons of money. I mean, they're not telling them. And then it's risking their health, and then all of a sudden they're coughing, hacking and they don't know why you
0: know yeah hairspray comes or girls they're having shortness of breath in the middle of the fucking night and they don't know why Mm -hmm. coughing all the time scary and you feel congested that's not good
1: it's scary you know you can get uh you know it can mess with your vision it can do all kinds of things you know those half masks. that product is getting in your eyes yeah it's soaking through like your whole body is porous and it's going to pull these products in. It's just going to suck everything in because you breathe through your skin also. Yeah. You know, so, but a lot of people don't talk about this. I know I talk about this with you all the time. Yep. We talk about all these type of things and now we're finally doing it here on this podcast. And hopefully some guys are, hopefully some guys are paying attention. Don't I, take the risk, man.
0: I sure hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Don't and take
1: the risk. Your health, it depends upon it.
0: So I wanted to touch base on as far as your business things that you have questions about mm-hmm. as far as you know, whether it's how to get clients, how to get commercial clients, specific stuff. you know? mm-hmm. And this is something that I feel like can help out people who are starting any type of business in general. Mm-hmm. Refinishing is what we do, so I would come at it from that realm.
1: Okay, so uh, on the commercial side, on the commercial side, what have been your experiences as far as uh, what specifically are the major things that some of the larger companies are asking for as far as requirements for getting in to be able to perform our services?
0: Um, like legal? Legal. Okay, so legally, I mean, it's, You have to have certificate of insurance. You have Mm -hmm. to have your W-9 in order. You have to have some sort of commercial insurance on your vehicles. In Mm -hmm. most cases, it's not always required. Um, You have to have, uh, I mean, you have to have your personal protection equipment. You have to have stuff. um, A lot of the times they need MSDS sheets. Mm -hmm. Cabana Bay asked for them. Yeah. Uh, Because if we're leaving material in their room overnight, which we do, um, they need to know the level of flammable that mm. it is, and then they need to know what room it's in, so that you know something happens, and they know how to direct properly and stuff like that. But those—that's pretty much the gist of it. I mean, as far as amounts of insurance, it differs from property to property. Yeah, I know right.
1: some ask for a million, some ask for five. Yeah, you know. So well, I-
0: five million is typically umbrella umbrella liability, which it covers all liability, um, and yeah, some properties want that. Um, but this is something that I recommend you do. Um, if they want you bad enough, do one of two things. Work the insurance cost into the quote, and you tell them, hey, I'm going to need to spend $500 a month on this insurance policy for you, mm. so I need some needs relief to be worth here. It. needs to be Yeah, either that or you need to call me enough to justify it. Or you ask for an affidavit for the insurance, and the claim that you make to them is, it's impossible for me as a tub refinisher to cause $5 million in damages. So I would ask for that affidavit. If you would accept a lesser insurance for me and they'll make an exception. Sometimes I have had places, uh, hotels that we work for, um, you know, request an affidavit sheet from corporate and, and they just kind of make the case that I just made like, Hey, they're not going to make that much damage. They're doing refinishing. Right. And they'll usually accept the lesser one. They usually have generalities, because most of the time that they're hiring a contractor they're hiring like people to do demo work people to do like on-site stuff with electrical and they can cause millions in damage so their default is like you should have about this much um sometimes they won't budge it doesn't matter what you're doing sometimes they won't budge they're like you need to have this policy but again you get a quote on it you share them like hey this is something that's if I'm just going to do maintenance with you, well, then I need mm. to subsidize by some, like, I can't pay 500 bucks a month if you're going to call me for a $300 job once a month. I'm losing money. Oh, no! You'll, I'm yeah. paying to do work for you. Right. You know, at that point, you're losing money. Yeah.
1: So. And that's a, that, That's some of the things that they don't see. You yeah. Know, they, they, the, the, people, the, the average person doesn't see that part. You know, and it's, it's different when it's a privately owned uh, hotel and one of the ones that are operated by the larger management property companies you know so that's what you were talking about right
0: yeah i was talking about larger properties even some apartments are like that um but mostly hotels is what we do so i'm just telling you like you know we've had instances where they will accept a lesser insurance but sometimes they don't and if that's the case sometimes you just got to bite the bullet and do it but for smaller companies and if they're not giving you enough volume to justify it don't just say no like that's something that gets me upset. It's like people just will ignore it. And it, that looks so bad on your part. Tell them the issues that you're having and see if you guys can come and work to a solution. If it, Logically speaking, if you tell any person that's reasonable, mm-hmm. hey, you need to call me often enough to justify this or I need it to be subsidized somehow. Because if you call me once a month for a $300 job and the insurance costs me 500 bucks a month, well, then I am literally not making any money. Well, you're losing any reasonable person will be like, okay, well, then we need to find a solution. And if that means Mm -hmm. they minimum call you for four when they call you, well, then that's what it means. But again, you got to weigh. Is that worth it? Because even though it's eighteen hundred bucks now, well, five hundred of that is going purely to insurance. So is it worth it? Well, if they give you 15 or 20 at a time, then it's probably worth it.
1: Yeah, that was one of the things that I was thinking about. I was like, maybe I should have a minimum. Maybe I should have a minimum. I didn't come up with a number on on smaller properties, you know, because I still want to do them. Because hey, it's it's if, the same it's the same thing.
0: When you get a COI, ask for the minimum, and then you could adjust accordingly from there. Mm, that's a good. That's idea. Pretty much it. Yeah, that's good um, idea. And just tell them this is what I have right now. If you need adjustments, if you guys have an affidavit, because I'm not really gonna, I can't really cause that much in damage. And then you get a quote first. Don't just tell them, hey, I need five million, because they'll change your policy tomorrow because they get commission off those things. The people who do like insurance brokerage and stuff so yeah they they get commission off that so they'll be like oh if you need five million i'll do it right now uh, now you tell them i need a quote i need to know how much it's gonna cost and then you if it's something reasonable well then part of doing business you gotta adjust your prices accordingly but if it's something that's kind of out there you need to make sure the property knows if i get this insurance like i need something in writing that i'm gonna get called a certain number of times where i could send you a bill for the cost of it
1: yeah uh let me let me let me ask you this question so, if a if a property is larger, uh huh, we constantly run into this. You tell them your price. This is where it starts. You know, if there's more work that is involved in it, you know, obviously it's going to be more. Like, a, if if it has to be stripped or something like that, because there's a cost of materials, uh huh, other things. Sometimes they want you to discount that thing so high. That basically your profit is nothing. What do you think we should do to combat that?
0: You tell them no. Flat out. No. And if they ask, well, if you can't do it, you'd be like, well, if I'm not making any money, why would I work? Same reason with them. Why are you renting a hotel for $200 a night? If if somebody wanted it for fucking $10 a night, are you going to give it to them just because they want it? No. 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 You don't work unless you're making money. If you're too close to margin, you need to stick by your prices. Um, we were told by Cabana Bay that we were $175 over the next highest bid. And we got the project anyway. Well,
1: this is going on on a limb, but I bet those other companies wouldn't even dealt with the issue on the bottom of the tub like you no. guys did. They would just shot over it and then just called it a day they
0: see the number of units and they instantly are like big hotel doesn't want to pay because the, a lot of big hotels don't want to pay uh but that that's their first thought is like no one's going to pay that much so we need to low we need to lowball ourselves so that we can compete because there's definitely people doing it cheaper because of the quantity people can't fathom that a hotel that big would be willing to pay 300 dollars per tub they're not they're not wrapping around their head they think it's bullshit well
1: It's just, it's just they haven't known, they haven't tried, and another thing is, this is, this is a service, and each one is done individually. This is not like mass production. You're not setting up, you know. This is not manufacturing. This is not manufacturing. So it's there's labor involved. There's cost. There's materials. There's this, you know. It's not just a machine just pumping these things out. You can't get a cheaper price like that
0: labor is not like you can't you can't mass produce labor the way you mass produce product i mean look at like the way amazon's been getting lampooned because the last few years right because of of the way that they've apparently been treating some of their staff they, they try to treat the staff like robots and people aren't people have like people have feelings and and people have emotion and people have you know, they have, they have like lives and stuff. And when you try to treat them like a, a machine, people get fed up and they start to revolt and they start talking bad about you and it ruins your image. And so, like, you know, we're not working in fucking slave times, guys. I can't, <laughs> I can't do a tub for $100 a tub. I can't do a refinishing like that. It's just, it's not practical. Uh, I'm trying I've been to asked, treat- I've been asked that. Yeah. So, hey, can I. you
1: do it for a hundred bucks? I'm like, no.
0: Let me see. I'm trying to pull up a cost estimate that I've sent somebody. Yeah. uh, Like a resort or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, And just so that you can get uh, an idea of how we set it up um, as far as pricing. Now, this is for – it's still outstanding. So if one of my competitors wants to see what I'm charging and try to undercut me, go the fuck ahead. I don't care. Uh, Because, (laughs) you know, people people look at what we do differently. Like, you know – here's the name of the property again i don't really care if somebody sees what it is and what we're charging because people consider us for different reasons than that it's not all about numbers all the time guys um so that's a hampton inn and suites in downtown orlando to do the shower floor uh so i'm quoting them six or 265 um and this is like a regular quote that i would send somebody if they needed something more formal i do have something more formal that's like an informational packet but this is, uh, that, that's just one that I have, uh, is, yeah. All right, so this is just, you know, one that I normally send people. Um, let me see if I can go down a little bit more so you guys can see the bottom. So I do put this little part that says terms. Estimated cost 265 stripping will be an additional 50 I put that in there, in writing, so they have no questions. Um, and then. Because stripping uh,
1: should be extra. Yeah. It should be more. It should I'm, be more because it's just cost of material and time. Yep. Cause it takes time to strip and you never know what exactly you're stripping.
0: Yep. And then I put, you know, we will require, uh, you know, 55 units per day. I uh, will bill on a 30 basis so that they know. Um, and we tell them like, we'll need a deposit. If this is going to be done on like a on call kind of a thing, then we wouldn't need a deposit for that, but we would have a minimum to show up. Um, and that one didn't have it, but typically I would put a caveat in there that says that any work that's not listed would have to be uh, change ordered and quoted individually or billed at uh, hourly. Uh, normally, I bill like seventy-five or eighty-five dollars an hour for anything that's not on the work order. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's up to you. I mean,
1: can you give me an example of that?
0: Uh, I mean, if they if they ask us to do tile, mm-hmm. and then we were just there to do tubs. And they're like, no, but we need to do the tile. Well, then I would bill them hourly for the tile because it wasn't agreed upon a, you know, a, on time. We're going to have to like, you know, now we're doing more work than we anticipated. And so...
1: Yeah, more time, more work, more material.
0: Exactly. And it's not what was anticipated. And, and you know, all we charge and it's going gonna, it's gonna to end up being a lot more than it would have been if they would have told us. But be, it's because if I go to your property... Mm -hmm. Right, and you're telling me, Daniel, there's four tubs for you to do here today. Okay, well, I come with the material for the four tubs and the crew for four tubs. But now you're telling me, no, there are four tub and tiles. Well, now, I'm short on material, and I'm short-staffed. So if i got to pull people out of other places to get your thing done, and then go and and invest more material, I'm not quoting it at the same thing because it's not costing the same. It's costing the gas to get that guy from... from, uh, Instead of what we work into the, the price, right? Travel from our office to there. Now it's from wherever the guy was, I need to pull him, reschedule that appointment, risk losing that appointment, then go buy material mm-hmm. and, you know, not in bulk with our regular stuff. You know, it's, it's just another hassle, another headache, and, and it's time and money. Yeah. So that's, that's why. At, at, you know, and most of the time, what I would say is, well, we can reschedule to come back another day to do the tub and tile, unless you guys want to pay us hourly sometimes they'll go for that yeah um but yeah that, that's just an example
1: i think that's what i would do i would reschedule the tile because to do that and if you take you take everything you said into consideration if you gotta leave to go get more, more product material, more now you're product, wasting
0: more money in gas and yeah
1: and then you're running out of daylight you're run, i mean well it doesn't matter about the daylight right because you can spray i've sprayed it at night before it's, it's, it's the same as brain in the let, day.
0: Let me, let me give you a, an example. Okay. We used to do this apartment complex in Disney called Chatham Square. Um, and it's, it's right next to, uh, like, on Highway 535, which is right next to, like, downtown Disney entrance here, at Disney Springs now. Um, and this apartment complex would call us for tubs. And we would go over there for two, and they'd be like, no, but there's eight of them. And then they would get, they would be like, but well, why'd you charge me so much on the bill? And I'd be like, well, because you guys told us one thing and then told us another. Like, and then I would literally, I did it a couple times. I would literally call people and be like, no, you got to tell these people you can't go because we need to come over here. We need to do this. And the, the reason is, is because we were already there. We already invested time and material. And I had put in the writing, like, mm-hmm. if you do this, it's going to cost you this much more. You know, and, yeah. and, you know, they, they didn't like it, but it's just one of, One of those things, like we would show up over there for two and they would throw eight at us and be like, well, no, they all need to be done today because they're getting rented. Well, it's like, communicate that. That's something that the the hospitality industry has an issue with sometimes is communication to the contractor. And part of it is because, again, like we were talking about, there's a lot of fly-by-nighters and some of them do a good job. I'm not even going to lie. Some of them, they don't exist anywhere, but they do good good quality work. But a lot of them are just yes-men. They're so scared of losing this relationship, the bid, the project. They're so afraid that they just say yes, no matter what the hotel says. So they think everybody operate, operates that way. Well, they think of the zero-sum game. You yeah. know,
1: that that's what they think. They think if one refinisher across town lands one job, they think they've lost a job and lost that money.
0: No. That's such a dumb way of thinking.
1: It's not. A lot of people think that way, and it's pretty much the common way. They're always – that's why – that's why – Stuff is not happening how it should in this industry. When people,
0: when that's that, I'm sorry, but that it's like when people like be like, oh man, that guy's so lucky he won the lottery. Well, he was playing the lottery. Were you? It's not luck. He invested in it. Like, he, he bought a
1: ticket. Yeah. You can't, you can't win unless you buy a ticket.
0: Exactly. <laughs> it's like, what a dumb way of fucking thinking. If he's not lucky, you had no chance because you weren't in it. And that's just how you could apply that to anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, what were you gonna say?
1: Uh, that's why I. That's why I think the industry is in the, in the position that it is, is because, they're so worried about one guy getting a job or one guy not getting a job or oh my god if this guy gets two jobs like I'm screwed like I got to be willing to do anything and everything and it's like no. You got to have self respect. Yep. You got to do what makes sense and you got to do what's right.
0: And you got to reciprocate, when because people in hospitality are really nice people. But if they expect something from you, then you should expect them to do that too. So, you know, hotels that we work at, sometimes they want us to send them sheets that have every, you know, all the warranty rooms we've done, or they want us to send, uh, you know, something a very specific way. Well, then respect our process too. When we tell you in writing before we even touch anything, not to use something to clean something. You know what Um, I mean?
1: That's a major thing. Yeah. That's a major thing for this process that we're talking about because you cannot use something that's going to be damaging to the top coat.
0: You can't be using, like, we've had hotels use soft scrub on the tubs, and it's like, yeah, just because it says soft doesn't mean it's soft. Like, you know, you got (laughs) to know what the hell you're using and go by the recommendations, and we even gave them Ecolab equivalents to the stuff because a lot of hotels use Ecolab. Ecolab is, uh, you know who they are, right? No. I okay, so EcoLab, you should familiarize yourself. No, with not,
1: that. not. I don't know which one you're you're talking about specifically.
0: EcoLab is a company that provides cleaning products to hotels, apartments, like multifamily places, hospitals, um, and they're one of the. I think they're the world's largest, like chemical. Is that, is that the one with the for look,
1: looks like a little globe and it's kind of, kind of faded on one side. It looks like a sphere.
0: It maybe. I don't, I don't, I don't know what their logo. They're, usually, I just see the trucks that say EcoLab, but they're a big, they're a really big company.
1: Green and blue, or something like that. Yes. White trucks, green and blue.
0: Or, yeah, blue and green. Yeah, that, that sounds right. Okay. Um, so, but, but EcoLab is one of those companies where, like, a hotel calls them, mm. and they're like, "Well, I need something to clean the tubs." And EcoLab's like, "Oh yeah, this right here," and it's, "We'll sell you the concentrate for twenty bucks, and you can make." 30 fucking bottles out of it. They're like, oh shit, you know. Well, that's all they hear. It's costing them nothing. And what they don't take into account is that there is different levels to what tub has the tub been refinished before. They don't ask these questions. People at Equal Lab don't ask the hotel, have the tubs been refinished before? You know why?
1: They probably don't know the to ask that question.
0: Yes. Because people in the industry don't make it a point. They don't, they don't people in this industry do not they don't not respect themselves as much as they should. I respect myself enough mm-hmm. to when a hotel is not a multi-million dollar property at that <laughs> is not reading the terms of a document that they signed and agreed to and ver- was verbally spoken to them multiple times. I respect myself and my business enough to start charging them. And if you don't and you just run away from it, you're legitimizing the oh, well, he's just in it for the money. Oh, where he's just no the companies that hide and run away is not because they're in it for the money the companies that hide and run away is because they don't have the fucking balls to go up to the person in charge and tell them don't use this to clean or i'm going to send you the bill
1: well it, it seems easy to, to solve that issue not only do you send it in writing whenever you show up on the property whether you you're them. doing a walkthrough or whether you're doing it there Tell your technicians whenever they see the cleaning person or whatever. I mean, everybody should be able to communicate and talk. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people don't want to do. They want to hide behind phones or text messages or something. And then it comes
0: off like a lot of the people a lot of people think that they're doing they're not they don't think that they're doing the wrong thing or maybe they think they're doing the wrong thing. But I don't think most people are thinking of, okay, I'm just not gonna go back maliciously. I think they're not going back because they, the, they don't have the courage to, to go to somebody in a position of power and tell them, hey, this was in writing. We need to start sending you a bill if you don't change this. And by the way, everything that was done up to this point, I have to avoid it. And you tell them, I had a hotel in Miami. We did the, the tubs. I don't live close to Miami. I'm five hours away. I can't be going over there every weekend. We did the tubs correct. They were using a cleaner that we specifically told them not to use. Had it in writing. Don't use this. Please change it. Multiple times. I called the owner of the hotel, told him you guys need to change the cleaner. Okay. What do we need to use? This is what you need to use. Six months later, I'm getting a call about, all these tubs are starting to stain. It's chemical burn from the shit they were using. Because it has hydrofluoric acid in it. (laughs) It's like when you put toilet bowl cleaner on a tub. If you could put toilet bowl cleaner on a fucking fiberglass tub and it'll, it'll melt the plastic on the fiberglass. It'll go through a coating way easier, guys. You know, that's not hydrofluoric acid is what we use to etch porcelain and, and, and China surfaces like tile so that the material will stick onto it. It chemically burns something as hard as porcelain, it will go through the coating a lot easier. And they were complaining to me about it. Like, oh, you guys need to come over here and, and take a look at this. I'm like, so what are you guys using to clean? We're not using anything crazy. We're just using this Ecolab product. And I'm just like, well, that product has acid in it, and it's burning your tubs, and if I'm voiding the warranty on, on the hotel. Because what do you want me to do? You want me to go over there and do it for free? You couldn't read it. You couldn't call somebody at Ecolab and tell them to change the product like you couldn't use something else to dilute it you had to just go and use it and then now you want me to be responsible for it
1: they were just thinking get it clean just get them something and basically they were worried about cost
0: and when it comes to commercial i'm a little bit less forgiving about stuff like that and I, like i will still go back and like i'm not i'm not trying to make it seem like you fuck up once and i'm going to but when it's like like you always say Talk to me like I'm four
1: Yeah I tell people That a lot okay. like, Talk to me like I'm four
0: I do that shit To these hotels I'm like you need to Change the cleaner It's not the right cleaner It's gonna damage the surface I, Sometimes we even Show them what it looks like And you know Like we're like Hey you know Please abide by this But then They start getting Hostile towards us And they don't realize Like the whole time You guys have been Not paying attention Not doing it properly And what do you want me to do Would you Would you go And like And just give away a room to somebody for no reason like no well it's time and money it's the same thing and you know our hotels around here like in orlando and stuff we give them a little bit more leeway because we're here but i i've had to hit the hammer down on on people before here
1: well the further you get out of your of your immediate environment the tighter it has to be and the communication has to be on point yeah and a lot of times within within companies small businesses large businesses i don't know why this is like what do you mean you can't communicate because you have a hundred people that's how do militaries communicate communicate over a wide you know range of environments and stuff like that how do they do it they communicate effectively
0: well because they have chains of command and people are in charge of certain things and so like that's something that like what I was talking about when people don't sometimes people don't talk cuz they don't know who to talk to because you might be the guy who's reporting everything to engineering. Mm-hmm. Well if engineering's not responding, well then you got to go to the GM. GM doesn't respond, well then you got to start making calls. Find out who the hell is corporate for Hilton and call and make a report and make and and s- do one in writing and send a carbon copy to everybody at the hotel and make it be known that you are going to try to find a solution to this before they go and tell their bosses that you're the fucking problem. Well, because that's what they do.
1: That's what you should do and you should and you should stand your ground and yes. you should keep asking until you get an answer because someone knows and everybody tries to pass the book. Well, even that's if in even if too. you get
0: an answer, if it's not in writing, it didn't happen. Well, true. So, uh, you know, verbal, yes. In writing, yes. And then you carbon copy everybody who you think is important to be in this email and you copy them all in there so they could all see it. Mm-hmm. The whole thing with, uh, with the magic eraser situation, everybody in that hotel got an email that I felt was important.
1: That, some companies do that. They should. They should uh, it just depends on the company. They have communication devices. Uh, some of them give companies cell phones. Some of them. Uh, You know, you get an email for this, an email for that. Uh, I I worked at a company. I'm not going to mention their name, but their communication was, I mean, spot on. Yeah. There was nothing wrong. Everyone knew what everyone was doing. They all knew of upcoming projects, when they were going to be doing, what the current status of the project was, and actually where each job was at.
0: I respect that. And I think that that's something. I do too. I think that's something that's been lost on people who are in trades is having structure. Uh, it's been a little wild for us here too, but we're starting, we're trying to build structure because, you know, you, you ask yourself like, why is there so many different departments and all these, places? well, it's because it's necessary because if not, you will start to get jumbled, lose stuff, you know, you, you'll do you end up doing work for free because you didn't send that invoice when you thought you did. Like, there's a reason there's departments. And the, like, the cost of not having structure and part of the structure is you like if you're not going to if you have a five year warranty, which is industry standard, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Um, if you have a five year warranty and you do not actually enforce your warranty. Delete it.
1: Well, if you're not going to honor it, don't 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 say,
0: well, if you're not going to honor it, obviously, but if you're not going to enforce it, like if you're just going to go. If a customer calls you back five times, you're going to go five times and just fix it for free knowing it's not you. Don't no. have a warranty.
1: No, well, you got to have it, like you said, in writing, what are the things to do, proper care, proper maintenance, and, I, and, and, and things that void it.
0: Yeah, and then, and, and then, you know, I always tell, again, like we were talking about earlier, benefit of the doubt one time for something that's out of warranty. After that, you need to enforce your warranty because if you don't do it, all you're doing is hurting yourself. There's a, a t- there's a point where the line between having good customer service and customer care turns into customer abuse.
1: It's a thin line. Yeah. It's a thin line because they'll try to find some type of loophole, something that you didn't say. Yep. I mean, it gets ridiculous. Even when you were talking about sending the emails and stuff like that, some people don't even open their uh, emails. Let me give
0: you a crazy example. This happened to me the other day. I have a customer and uh he calls me because we did a tub for him seven years ago so it's out of warranty already and he's like hey this tub is messed up and all that stuff i'm like okay well we'll charge you 375 to get it refinished um but they were using a bath mat so they voided the warranty it was peeling on the floor like crazy anyway like it was unadhering is the point after seven years it lasted them seven years uh and most people, if they weren't using that, honestly, probably would have way la- like outlasted it. But it's a rental Airbnb and it gets cleaned by a, a third-party company. Long story short, I tell him, this tub's going to have to be stripped because it's just it's, the force too bad and we're going to have to strip it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, no, that's crazy. Like, you know, like, you said it was 375 and I was like, it's 500 and you got me cornered and all this shit. And I'm just like, hey, listen, like, we're going to go and do it for the 375. We agree to it. Um, we get over to the job site and it's twenty times worse than we thought. So like I have the guy over there and I'm like, Hey, like we might have to charge a strip and he's like, Oh like he starts telling me to go F myself and all this shit. Really? And then yeah, and then he's like, mm-hmm. Hey uh he's like, No, I'm sorry, and all this stuff, go ahead and do it. So the Tech does it, comes out beautiful, and then he's like, Oh, I just have a problem, your technician didn't finish the job properly and I'm like what? I'm like, what happened? And he's like, well, he didn't refinish the soap dish. And I'm like, the soap dish is not part of the tub refinishing service. And he's like, oh no, that's bullshit. I'm just like, everything that we're doing that's on the work order is in writing. You signed it. You can't expect us to go and and just read your mind and think, hey, maybe he wants the soap dish done. And also on top of that, do it for free. And he's like, well, you guys did it seven years ago for free. And I'm just like, That's those were different times, man. You know,
1: that was seven years ago. Also, plus you were using a bath mat and no telling what they were using to clean that probably Comet or something. I don't know.
0: We ended up and again, I just I believe in good customer service. So whatever. But like you said,
1: customer service
0: between customer customer abuse. And I told them we are going to go fix it. But I don't want to hear from you again. Pretty much like respectfully. If there's something legitimately wrong with the tub, okay. But don't call me, don't offer me more jobs. I would rather not do business with you.
1: Well, if he was if he already went to the extent of, you know, Well yeah, the, he and...
0: went he went on full of disrespect. We yeah. went out, we fixed the dish, he paid, everything was good. But that just goes to show, like, there's there's a line there. Like he he was withholding payment for days because we didn't do a soap dish that wasn't on the work order that he never discussed that he wanted. And how the hell am I supposed to remember that seven years ago, we did a soap dish for you for free? It wasn't on the work order from the original original work because I looked it up. You know what probably happened? He probably was there while my tech was there seven years ago. And he was probably like, hey, you mind throwing in that soap dish? And the tech was like, I'm already here, so I'll do it. And he probably just did it to be nice. And didn't even put it on the work order.
1: Awesome. And y'all were in a really different position seven yeah, years we ago.
0: Yeah, we were in a we're you run the shit out of our garage.
1: You know, so yeah, which is not unusual. A lot of people start out at their homes, you know, stuff like that. Seven years ago. Seven years ago,
0: my parents were running this shit. So that's how you know.
1: Yeah. So, you know, like you said, different times, different leadership. If you were being nice to go seven years, how are you supposed to remember that you're not? But see, some that was an extreme, that was an extreme example of how some customers will do you. Yeah, they'll they'll try to they'll try to get everything they can for free.
0: But don't ever play into the name calling, and I've done that, and it's just it's not fun for anybody. And then you know you don't want negative feedback. You remember you're trying to protect your image and your brand as much as possible, and the last thing you want is to call somebody a fucking idiot and then them go and like expose you on social media and all this stuff and make you look bad. Like you got to deal with people in, in a way where you're, you, you have a little bit of like, you have to have empathy to a certain point. You know what I mean? I feel what's going on. I know you're upset. This is the solution we could offer you. And it's kind of the whole kill kindness or kill them with kindness kind of a thing, you know?
1: I fully agree with what you're saying. I always deal with everyone like that. Yeah. I respect everyone. It doesn't matter what walk of life you're from, where you're at. We're all human.
0: Or even what energy you're giving me. Because I know he was just upset because he thought it was part of it. And you know what? I could see a scenario where I might think, like, hey, last time I got this and I didn't get it this time. And I'm kind of upset about it. I didn't think he had to go all out like that. But some no, people, he didn't. He some crossed people, the line. Yeah, some people react differently. And also, again, he wasn't yeah. anticipating to pay that much from the beginning, the tub with the stripping and all that. And, it, you know, he wasn't anticipating it, so I get it. In general, though, as a rule of thumb, I generally will, will suggest this was a special case because it was a returning customer. And, you know, normally when you do the tub under regular conditions, even after a decade, mm-hmm. you could just give it a light sand. And recode it, and it's good for another decade or so, because once the primer and the etch bond onto the tub you I mean that's just not coming off
1: and this is the specific product that you continue to use till this day, correct, yeah, yeah, yeah so, so see you know your product yeah so
0: but but because he was using the bath mat, mm-hmm. water started getting underneath, and it made the tub unadhere, but as a rule of thumb, in general, if you do any kind of contracting work you outline the prices beforehand and then that way there's no surprises and if there is if you're in a job or in a field where there can be surprises there's fluctuations in material and all that make them sign a right to change order and you make them uh authorize any changes that are happening to the project so you know if the price of wood what of lumber was uh you know two dollars for a two by four or something and now it's six well then you make them sign off that they're agreeing to pay the six and if they don't want it well then you tell them well i can't do the job
1: well if they don't sign off on it you definitely don't want to start the job at yeah. all
0: but but exactly but if you're in the middle of it and it changed in the middle of it tough shit they, you got you gotta like you don't be working for free and also be as transparent as possible you tell them we're like, things change every day. We try to order as much as possible. Supply chain issues. We haven't been able to get everything. It's supposed to come on this day. Uh, but if it's more expensive, it's more expensive. And sometimes things like that happen. Even with us, sometimes, I think. Well, you do like have to
1: change sometimes. You know, uh, availability right now is an issue Yeah. for some things. Yeah. And some things it's not. Well, and and then some then things they are trying to make you believe it is an issue.
0: Some Some companies who make material just keep raising prices. Even though their supply chain issues have all been figured out, uh,
1: yeah, that's a can of worms.
0: But they just they do it because they can. But you know, then that translates to us. Then we got to start charging more.
1: Well, then it doesn't mean that we can't uh, find the alternatives because we can find the alternatives. Well, yeah,
0: well that that goes back to what we were talking about, me, you, and Jonathan. Uh you know, when I when I mentioned to you, and I told him I would mention it to you about actually coming up with standards for these types of things. And we're not going to go too much into depth about it right now yeah. uh, because I think that's something that's a little bit better to plan out behind closed doors and then kind of just talk about it publicly once we get it situated. But we, we need to come up with standards.
1: There, there needs to be.
0: And then from there, we will be the ones that control to a certain extent or at least influence greatly material, material cost, material cost for bulk, material cost for... You know, like innovations, like things that are new, things that are going to be better. Like, oh, you know, we're the people who are their market. We need to we need to start influencing the companies that are selling to us to to help us out a little bit, because right now they're just going hand over fist because there is no structure.
1: I wish they would open up discussions with us. Like, why do we have to reach out to them? Why
0: can't they reach out to us?
1: Why have they never tried that? why don't they advertise more
0: it's about being comfortable
1: why are they hey it's more complacency yeah i think
0: yeah people well people get complacent of where they are in life and if they let me, let me just tell you man i mean if if you started making coatings and you're a fucking multimillionaire, and and you don't have any problems in, in your day-to-day rather than just getting the stuff done i mean at that point there are some people who just from that point they won't push anymore they feel like they've made it already, so they don't have that urgency, you know? Well, I mean, they,
1: they gotta remember why they started in the first place. Yeah. You know, you, you started because the, you either saw the need, a need uh-huh. there was a demand, or you were trying to help, your, help yourself by having an income. You know, but don't forget, we do these things in this industry for a good reason. There's reasons why these assets need to be protected when I talked to you about that. We protect the assets of the hotels. That's exactly what we do. Properties, apartment complexes, hotels, residential, rentals. We are protecting your assets through a process called refinishing or reglazing, resurfacing, protecting it so it can continue to produce your revenue over time. It's going to make you money it's and going save to, you money and save you money. That's a, that's a big issue that they don't, they overlook it. They and, overlook it.
0: And you know what? That's a very, you know, cause we touched on that before and you didn't go that much into depth about it. Cause I, I did want to save some of it the show. So I'm glad you brought it up in the way that you did. Reminds me hotels do what's known as a soft good renovation, especially in Florida,
1: a soft coat,
0: S- soft, good,
1: soft, good. Okay.
0: Soft, good renovation. Soft good renovations is where they take mattresses. They take sheets. They take uh, upholstery. And that's what they, that's what they redo, right? Mm-hmm. So you'll get the same chair. They'll refinish the wood on the chair. They're not going to buy new chairs. I've done that. Yeah. So that's what they'll do. And they'll have, I mean, I, I, at Commander Bay, they're doing soft good renovation. We got in... Uh, as an independent project aside from the soft good renovation, Mm -hmm. because typically something like this, they would leave for hard good renovation. Hard good renovation is not happening for another three to five years there because that hotel is still pretty new. And and so the soft good renovation is like carpets and stuff like that. They'll pull up upholstery. And so that's what they're doing. You know, they're refinishing the the woodwork and Mm -hmm. they have a booth and everything outside where they're refinishing the chairs. And then they reupholstery, you know, the, 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 the cushions and, and, all that stuff. Um, and that's basically what they're doing is they're protecting the assets that they have now to make them money now, make them more money now. And instead of buying a new chair for 150 200 bucks 200 because they have good chairs, mm-hmm. they're, they're paying half of that to keep it now and yeah. have it last them longer.
1: Yeah, because you want to do a one-time purchase and just redo it. Yeah. And that's what a lot of times now why they're not looking at industries like this because they're so... We've gotten so used to the throwaway society. Just get another one. It's so cheap. Just throw it away and just go buy more. And well, this is the no. big
0: benefit of bathtubs. And people who think if there's any customers or anybody who's not in this industry who thinks that this is just like refinishing a bathtub is dumb because you could just, you know, pop in a new one. You are very mistaken. Bathtubs have like a little lip behind them where the tile sits. And they're basically built around the house. The tiles is, is installed around the bathtub. You would have to pull out tile, rework plumbing in a lot of cases. Your backer board is bad. You got to do that and because it's, it wouldn't be to code. And, and so there's a lot of things. Replacing a bathtub could easily cost you four to five grand. More probably. And, and yeah. Well, if you have backer board issues where you got to start taking out that, I mean, you're talking eight to 10 to 12. I mean, it, it's, it could get pricey depending on who you're using and where you are. So
1: I'm glad that you brought that up, because now I've had people tell me, well, why would, I, why would I allow you to charge me that much? And then I can just, I see them at Home Depot all the time, or I see them at Lowe's all the time for less than what you're charging. I'm going to say, the price of that tub is less than what I'm charging you. But once you get into it, the demo The time that they're going to take to do that is probably going to be around a two-week process. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You're going to have to replace that tile if you want the same one and if you can find it, if you can find the size of the tub because houses were built in different years. Tub standards were different. Oh, yeah. You know, so you may not be able to find one that's going to fit perfectly there. Exactly, yeah. You're going to have to redo the floor. You're going to have to get a plumber. You're going to have to get a tiler. You might be able to find a guy that can do all that for you. But you're gonna pay thousands more than what I'm charging you for under a thousand. Yep. You know, in most cases, if they want a lot of work, okay, yeah, my prices are gonna be more than a thousand. But it depends on how many items they want done. Yeah. You know, so that's thousands of dollars. That on the surface it looks like they're only gonna pay a few hundred. But it's like no, you got to get that plumber. He's got to be certified. Depending on your area, what your know where you're at you know your homeowners or whatever it's it's more costly yeah do the refinishing do the surface this industry started for that for that reason because these
0: guys well that's new i feel like that's the way you should tell them well we exist for a reason we do and the the reason we exist is because the cost of refinishing is less than installing a new tub and that's just common sense and something that i did for a while is that i had gotten a quote to uh to tear out a tub and replace it Mm -hmm. and i would have that screenshot and i would send it to customers when they would hit me with that it doesn't happen as much anymore yeah but when i was hit with that i'd be like this is a quote i got to 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 replace a bathtub six grand
1: six grand What they tell you, how many days?
0: And and they don't even—they don't even reinstall the tile for you. That's just to rip your tile out, rework your plumbing, and put a new tub in there. And then you gotta go, and then you gotta spend money on putting a person in there to tile it. And guess what? What happens if your shiny new fucking tub? Somebody drops a tile on it. It's done. And then you chip it. You're gonna have to call a refinisher anyway. Gotta call us.
1: You know what I've been hearing lately, too, about that? The price of lumber is not even thought about. They're, they're, they're having to replace this lumber on some of these. You know, if they decide to rip it out or yep. change from a bathtub to a, that's the only thing we can't, I can't do. Yep. Uh, there's some guys that can do it, but I can't rip out a bathtub and then change it into a, a, a shower. Yeah, I can't do that. But if you're looking for something that's going to look great, gonna be better than what you had definitely and it's gonna save you a ton of money and you're gonna have it uh you know in a short amount of time do it
0: refinishing is the answer for most people but unfortunately a lot of people don't have the insight and it's part of the reason why it's it's partially the problem of the industry for not educating people enough and that goes for people who make the coatings and that goes for people who do the actual work and people who just post boring nonsense all day, you're doing a disservice to the general public. Because if more people knew about refinishing, there'd be a lot less people financing 15, 20, $25,000 bathroom remodels because they're not paying for it with cash. A regular middle-class family can't afford a $10,000 bathroom remodel. You know why they're doing it? Because they don't even know we exist. No. I wonder what they
1: would do if they found out the life cycle of a bathtub. That it was probably sitting in a scrapyard somewhere. Yeah. Before that, it's, it's you know... I don't know, that's something else, but... Uh.
0: It's just, it, it's, it's crazy to me, and, like, I'm trying to change it, but I, I'm just one person, and, and I have people like you who are like-minded who see that the, there's so much potential here. But it, it's such a shame that, like this industry isn't more known about because of the last people who were doing this, like the last generation of people just didn't, they just treated it like some little side hustle thing when it's like, look at all the potential. I mean, hotels alone. Do you think that hotels are out here ripping out tile in a thousand rooms? Hell no.
1: No, they're not. I've stayed at some pretty nice uh, hotels around the country and I look at it, and I'm like, this is a finished bathtub. They refinish, you know? And it's been on multiple occasions. And I I, I've been a, pretty much all over the place.
0: The last time I went on a cruise, I went to the port of Miami. And there was yeah. a Holiday Inn over there. And they had their tubs refinished. The hotel was a little shitty. But hey, man, those tubs were good. <laughs> they were good. And they were painted really, really well. Yeah. And I think it was safe step because they had a diamond pattern on the floor. Pretty good Is that, Is that like one of their... That's like a signature thing of theirs. Although... They don't have it copyrighted, so I could do it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you figured out how to do it. Yeah. Uh, they they. Uh,
0: I think mine looks better. is yeah. theirs is a little lighter. It doesn't have as many diamonds. Hmm. Ours looks a little bit more gritty. Like it looks like a like a grid pattern. Yeah. And it looks a little cooler.
1: Well, then you're good. Then you didn't you didn't exact copy there.
0: Well, theirs stuff. is actually a, it's actually kind of cool what they do. I'm I'm a fan of the idea. It's actually their logo. It's, uh, it spells out mm. S and S mm-hmm. It's safe, safe step, mm-hmm. but it's also a little grid pattern. And that's pretty cool. I mean, whoever thought of that, put some thought into it. Like they literally made their own non-skid and then on top of that- You gonna pull it up? Yeah, let me see if I can find it. They made their own like non-skid thing. I'm gonna do it over here so I can see it. Okay. And then I'll put it over there. But they put some, th- some thought into the logo. I, I think it's pretty cool. And I think they give people the option you want the smaller one or if you want like a, a bigger one to fit like the whole thing of the tub yeah but most of the ones i've seen is the is the uh is the the one that looks like their logo let's see if i can find it on here all right i think i found it save step nice Save step top. Save step. Okay. Found it. All right. So this is their grid pattern. See that? Yeah. So it's an S and an S. See it? You can kind of make it out. It's like the two squares on the top. Uh Uh-huh. And then the little two squares on the side. Yeah. And then it makes like the, the two S. And, uh, I mean, I think that's pretty smart, honestly. But, yeah, just showing you. So, just for context, the people who are watching the video yeah. version. Well, they
1: they might have not seen I I didn't look at that, site.
0: Yeah, and, 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 it, and if any refinishers out there have the time, scrub through their website. You'll, you'll be surprised of how they market. Because I've, you know, and not for nothing. Like, I don't have all the answers. So, I... I go to other people and I look and see how they're marketing people who are more successful and safe step markets to hotels in a very specific way. Mm -hmm. And I think it's helped me because now I know, okay, well, uh, these people do a lot of commercial and this is how they're marketing. So this must be what they've found to be valuable things for the hotel to hear. And that I'll share some of it with you. So, uh, Rooms are the hotel's business, right? They're in the business of selling rooms. So speed sells to commercial. Quality sells to commercials. So you're going to do it fast. You're going to do a good job. Right. Um, and, you know, um, safety features, non-skid. They don't want to get sued. I recommend any, every Bath to Be Finisher, integrate the non-skid into your pricing. Uh, for commercial. It should be in
1: there. What would you suggest for that? On something like that?
0: I, I, it, need, it needs to be in your tub price. So, it's for me, non-skid, like for the guys, it doesn't take that long. Mm-hmm. So, I usually just include it. So, for Cabana Bay, they're paying $300 includes the non-skid. And I ate the cost of the stencils, which cost about $2.50 per tub. But it's of value to them to have right. that. But knowing what I know now, I would have bid on Cabana Bay higher. I would have quoted them a little bit more. Yeah. You know, just the size of the project, all the headaches we had and stuff. But that's what you learn. Next time, well, well, I will know.
1: Well, it's a, it's a learning process, like you said. Like, when you jump in, you're not going to absolutely know every variable. There, you just, it's just impossible. Yeah. Because each that's, – that's the part about – that's the part about, you know, it's not manufacturing, you know what I mean? Like, you're having to do each one specific – an individual to its its unique problems.
0: Another thing that uh Safe Step does, they sell the non skid as like a safety feature with specific with a specific uh, term known as slip coefficiency. Slip coefficiency is the number on a scale of w- of uh, measuring the slipperiness of a surface. So a lot of buildings for American disability act compliance, ADA, Mm -hmm. they need to know what number slip coefficient, the floor is to make sure it's safe. Um, The same thing for the non-skid on the tubs. There is a standard. There is a standard for different hotels. So Hilton might be one number. Lowe's hotels might be one number Holiday, it might be another number, but they do have standards because they do not want to get sued for people slipping in the tubs. And if there's reasonable numbers that legally will bar them from being sued, if if the tub was measured at that number.
1: Well, that that that's a nice feature. And it's a a good thing to have, because, like you said, not only do you want to get sued, but the most important thing is you don't want you don't want someone to have an accident and get seriously injured you know on your property that's not what you intended it for yep so you want them to be uh having an exciting time a safe time as possible and that's why we have you know wheelchair access and things like that uh some of them have the handrails and stuff like that yeah because you want everybody to be able to enjoy it you want to be able to accommodate everyone you can't accommodate all kinds of things you know you can't have like all kinds of safety features and stuff like that uh you know safety features in their paints. Uh, I've been in some buildings that have that. It is great. If the power ever goes out, like you can find your way out. You know, but uh, they did a great thing right there. I got I got to give them props for that because I wasn't aware of that. But like I said, you know, the more you talk to people, the more I talk to you, the more I, I learn.
0: And you you got to learn how to measure the slip coefficient.
1: Yeah. What's so? What's the rate? What's the rating? Like paint has paint, for instance, has a scrub rate. Yeah. But when I've asked uh, manufacturers about this, oh, well, we've never been asked that question. Well, why not? It's the same thing because you're still cleaning it. You're doing it. But the, see, it just when depends, I ask questions like that. It
0: depends on a hotel. They will give you a number. Generally, it's, it's in context to something that's happened in the past. And then the judge ordered them their slip coefficient needs to be this much based on ADA compliance. So it just depends.
1: I wonder if they implemented that after uh, the problem happened, or they thought about it before?
0: Probably after, uh, for for the non-skid on the tubs. For floors, I think it's a .03 coefficient. Even regular polished floors have that technically. Like uh, a lot, you know, a lot of floor guys, mm. they know like specifics because they have to abide by ADA compliance. Mm. Especially in Florida where sometimes it's raining they're, if it's outdoors, you'll feel like a little texture on the floor. It's additives that they put on the floor to make it... It's not just a bare cement sometimes. It's literally that they put a non-skid on there. Uh, shark grip is actually created for cement floors. We, that's what we use for anti-skid. Yeah. Um, I remember
1: you saying that you use the shark grip.
0: Yeah, shark grip is really good. Uh, for Cabana base specifically, I think it was .60. Um, but we demolished that. We got... 1.1, 1. 1, 1. 1.5. Sometimes we get twos. And we, we go higher than the number. Like mm. Our idea going into it was we need to kill this number so that even if it's applied a little lighter, for whatever reason, it's still over the number. Because um, we don't want to be liable anyway. They're trusting us with that. So yeah. the our slip coefficient is always pass the test. I mean, it, it was getting to the point where they just stopped measuring it because... Every single tub would destroy the, the test, wet and dry. How do they test it? Uh, you, you need a slip meter. A slip meter. Um, you can buy one. They're pricey. Job done. Like how much? <laughs> it just depends. Five, six. Oh, no, way more. $1,600, 2000 um, You can try to find one used sometimes people don't know what they are and they sell them really cheap Mm -hmm. um but you do there is a there is a standard american slip company or something or american slip meter company Mm -hmm. and they're usually the ones that make these things they make a very big one with a conveyor for like big cement floors they make ones for smaller surfaces which is one we use i could show you it later okay and uh and that's how we test cl- uh, slip coefficient for hotels. Um, it's very simple system. It has like a little yeah. box that's weighted and then you need to calibrate the system so it's not counting the weight of the actual box. Mm-hmm. The box is about, I would say like, maybe like eight pounds. It's pretty heavy uh, for what it is. And it has a chain with a, with a little lever. And when you pull on it, it slips and then the feet give it a reading and that's the number
1: well i'm glad they made that
0: oh yeah well uh, <laughs> i'm glad i found it because we needed it for commander bay um yeah. so yeah that's how that's how we perform the slip test and there's different there's different ones some of them read a little bit more accurately but they're all they all have like a it could be over under like 0.1 when it's calibrated so as long as you're over under 0.1 you're good which we always are we're always like way higher yeah so that's the, that's the goal, obviously. And people are using the tubs when they're really wet, have soap and shit on the bottom.
1: Which makes it even more slippery.
0: Exactly. So that's why we go over. And, and you've, you saw how coarse the, the, the anti skid was on that tub. But when you touch it, it doesn't feel like it's going to hurt or anything. No. Sometimes the hotels get concerned, like, oh, is it going to feel too rough? And it's like, it might feel rough to your hand. But once you're in there, number one, it's on your feet. Your feet have thicker skin. And number two, once the water's in there, it's cleaned a couple times, it's not going to feel like that.
1: Yeah, it it was uh, when I removed the non-slip from that one, it was it it feels coarse to the hand. Yeah, but you're right on when you get in there with the feet and you got soap all over it, water, it's not going to feel rough. It's it's not going to it's not going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. You know it's going to do it what it's intended to do it's going to help you from not slipping
0: and we I mean we test I mean we put it up on the social media our slip test we tried different ty- different brands different uh, heaviness we tried it all and Grip actually surprised us the, the difference maker for us was um, applying it the next day and not trapping it in between the top coat and the uh, primer mm-hmm. because it, it was that would eat up too much of the grittiness. Um, applying it the next day is what's helping us in that front. And then we apply it with four hour cure and that stuff does not come off. I mean, you and put it's it on, solid. It's solid. It's on there. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah, it's really, really good stuff. Also helps protect it. I mean, somebody drops a tool on the non-skid. It's a lot less. Yeah. It's not going to be, be as damaging
1: as it would if, if it were to land on top coat, yeah, which yeah. is so common. Yeah, uh, you know maintenance guys going in there, and I, well, I told you about that one instance where the guy, you know, dropped tools and well, what, stepped in there. Well, in Cabana was,
0: Bay, when they're reinstalling drains and overflows, you know, they're in there with tools, so sometimes they over tighten it, and it cracks. It, it makes tension. It cracks the fucking material. It's happened on a couple of them. I I'm, I put out a memo to engineering. I was like, please have your guys just tighten it snug. You go too tight, you are going to damage the finish. And, again, I'm not going to be able mm-hmm. to warranty this forever.
1: Well, yeah, because you got, you got to cover it, man, because yeah. there's so many things that can happen, especially when you've got uh, multiple contractors well, they in use there.
0: power tools. That's the problem. They should, they should be hand-tightening the, the overflow cap. Oh,
1: they're using power tools?
0: Yeah, they're using a, a powered screwdriver to screw in the overflow caps.
1: I guess they think that it's not going to crack it.
0: They go, they go too tight sometimes. Sometimes yeah. they they're okay, but you know, mm. they can create too much tension if they're over tightening the. Well, it depends on what you're
1: doing, because all, all, all the, you know, it's not, they're not all the same. Some of them have a lot of torque. You yeah. Know? If they if you got some real tools.
0: Yeah. The, well, then that that'll mess it all up.
1: You know, if you got some snap on, it's gonna
0: keep on going. Uh, no, there's a reason why those tools cost so much. Yeah. Um. So, is there any other questions you have as far as? Business side, commercial stuff, and anything that you want to know, I'm. You're here, yeah. in front of me. Ask yeah. whatever you like. Yeah, I'm here in front of you.
1: <laughs> uh, we've we've covered we've covered quite a bit in this one. We have. Uh, I mean, we could go on and on. You know, this this could be a never ending podcast. You know, but what uh, what what are we at right now?
0: We're at two hours and one minute.
1: Two hours and one minute. I don't want to make it too long where somebody's like, uh, they're just, all
0: right. So what we'll do on. is like what we said yesterday, we'll cut it and then we'll start and we'll make it a two part. So we'll make this part one and then we'll do it. We'll, we'll start right up again, kind of talk in between and come up with what we're going to talk about for the next set. All right. Just continue it on. Yeah. Yeah. It. So for now, that is this episode guys. Uh, thank you for coming and, uh, we'll see you guys in the next one where we continue this.
1: And, Part two uh, coming soon.
0: Yeah. All righty. one second. You just listened to the official Bathtub Refinishing Podcast, powered by Bathtub Guys Refinishing. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Feel free to ask any questions or suggest topics for the next episode by following at Guys on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And thanks for listening.